0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Talking Smack. I am your host, Josh Scar. We're talking superheroes, movies, animation, and comics. With me this week is Derek. Welcome back, Derek. Hello again. And this week we are talking a lot of DC because obviously Justice League came out this week and we saw it, so we will share our thoughts and opinions on that a little later. But as always, we're going to start with news. Star Wars Battlefront 2 has launched today as we are recording this, so we will say this weekend. Uh, we have obviously not had a chance to play this yet. We might be doing a review next week, depending on if we can get our hands-on copies at not full price, because fuck EA. Yes. They have temporarily turned off the in-game purchases because they want to balance the game and see how people react to this, because obviously the the massive amounts of in-game purchases that they are throwing into this game have affected fan response. Yeah, from what I read, it to get
1: the same stuff without paying you have to grind i think someone calculated it's like four thousand hours if you calculate the wait time too because they're like you'll do stuff and then they'll actually put in a wait time like oh you can't do this again
0: for another three hours that's ridiculous and i i know that people were griping about a lot of stuff because they had the ea early access for some of these things Darth Vader was some ridiculous amount of gems or credits or whatever currency they have in the game. I think it's Mm -hmm. crystals. Crystals. Yeah. So EA reduced the value of Darth Vader or the cost of Darth Vader to like 75%. But they countered that with they made it so you earn less crystals. They just scaled both back. Yeah. Which is...
1: Like, it didn't really actually do much Yeah,
0: it's basically just a middle finger. Like, hey, look, he's cheaper, but it's going to yeah. still be just as hard to get him. And they also lowered the amount that you would receive
1: for completing the story missions, too. They lowered the amount that you receive at the well, end. Well, yeah,
0: because the campaign is one of the reasons a lot of people like you and I want to buy this game. Well, I'm not buying it. I'm going to see if I can't... Uh rent it I almost bought it and then I just canceled the reservation
1: after reading everything and then realizing my own mistake in the first place
0: <laughs> of all places that gave it a bad review Game Informer gave it a, uh, a 6.5 and that seems largely because of the in-game purchase system that they have built into the game mm-hmm. and uh, they, they set the title of the review is the dark side of gaming because they have all of these in-game purchases that in microtransactions and uh, I know a lot of people are actually, Talking that this is border borderline gambling because you're not guaranteed anything that you put your money into. And see, that's the thing too. Is a lot of people are trying to
1: say that like loot boxes are a form of gambling in games, and they're all petitioning to have the ESRB say that, like, change their like grading system or like their uh, classification system. But they can't. Like the ESRB said, like, they, they that like they can't. Like that's not their jurisdiction. It's actually, uh, you have to go to the commission of like gambling or whatever, and you have to do your petition there if you want them to change it because they're the ones that would classify loot crates in video games as gambling. Not and the then, loot crate vendor or retailer. No, no. <laughs> like actual, like say, like
0: in, in Destiny, Destiny or something. Destiny or Mass
1: Effect. Or Mass Effect, yeah. And it's kind of ridiculous because then if that commission then classifies it as gambling then the esrb can change their well
0: if the the gambling commission classifies it as gambling they technically can't put that in the game because gambling is illegal outside of las vegas and certain little areas so if they wanted to have a national or worldwide release they can't put those kind of gambling sequences into their game because you're using real money to gamble to try and get Darth Vader or, you know, a a tie defender or something. I I don't think the tie defender's in the game, but you get my point. It's all just ridiculous. And then the fact
1: that they are retracting them right now, pretty much it's just to bait people into thinking, oh, we're taking them away. Just to get people to buy the game, for yeah. Because they,
0: they said they're they're just going to reevaluate. They're not yeah. even no. they're not even completely taking it out of the game. They're, they just said they gonna, will they will look into the the matter at an, at another time. They're going to bring them back exactly how they are currently. They're just waiting until
1: people can no longer get rid of or return the game beyond trading it in somewhere.
0: If if people fall for it, I mean, they fell for it. We're, we're not falling for it. We're going to go rent it no. and give nope. Redbox or whatever other rental service has the means and they'll just get a small percentage of the rental cost it's just sad
1: just because there's it graphically it looks awesome and i've just been waiting so long to have like a decent good-looking modern star wars game because the last games that really come out of any note were like the force unleashed games which the first one is obviously better than the second i mean those were the last like, big releases of decent Star Wars games that I remember, personally.
0: Yeah, and in uh, in other EA Star Wars news, since they have the license, I think they have the license for Star Wars games through 2020 or 2021. Oh, um, they did recently just buy Respawn, the, the team that was behind the original Call of Duty Modern Warfare games and the new Titanfall games, uh, 1 and 2. They are now working on a new Star Wars game, but EA needs to just get their shit together because they've had these licenses since, I think, 2015 or 2016 mm-hmm. now, and they've published two games.
1: Well, it's, in my opinion, they have their shit together. It, this is all intentional.
0: It, they want to monetize it. They want exactly. to make sure that they can do their microtransactions exactly. and make they're the most money out of it. they to squeeze as
1: much out of it as they possibly can, so they're going to gonna be releasing them at their own pace until they feel they can no longer get as much out of the game. Well, the
0: problem is they're running out of time. They only have 3 years left on that uh rights agreement and then if Lucasfilm and Disney have any brains, they'll either bring back LucasArts and have a devoted team of people making video games again. Please, or, <laughs> please, please. Or they will auction this out and make more money for someone to publish it and I I mean, you really only have EA and Activision that are significant players in the in the the big publisher video mm-hmm. game publisher bandwagon. I mean you have other places like Ubisoft, but I, I don't think Ubisoft could make a really good Star Wars no, game. No thank personally, you. I don't think Activision could either. I think they would just end up falling and they would just have a copy and paste cycle like a call of duty style game yeah when when I had first heard that they were getting rid of
1: LucasArts, it it just made me sad. Because there's a lot of people who, like, thoroughly enjoyed some of the older, like, computer Star Wars games. Like, my most favorite being Jedi Knight Jedi Outcast 2. And then the subsequent Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. Like, those, to me, are some of the best Star Wars games that you could probably play next to, like, Knights of the Old Republic and such.
0: I want to play a good Star Wars game. And, I mean, Visceral was supposed to be making a really good single-player Star Wars game, but I guess either budgetary reasons or the fact that the game was just not on schedule and it was just starting to cost too much money, the uh, Visceral Games, Star Wars game, was canceled, and then obviously Star Wars 1313 was canceled. I I don't know what's so hard about trying to get this, this Star Wars video game franchise off the ground. And in my opinion,
1: the Visceral Star Wars game was just cancelled mainly just because it, it didn't have the implementation of like mo- monetization. Yeah, it was strictly it. supposed
0: to be a solo campaign along the lines of like Uncharted yeah. uh, as far as how it handled like, and how it could played. you just
1: actually play the game and unlock things instead of having to pay for it.
0: Exactly. Unfortunately, that's the side of gaming that we're in now, and I'm, I'm very glad I'm not as into gaming as I was because of this sort of stuff. I played Destiny 1 a lot, and once they implemented the, the microtransactions to like buy different dances and skins for your gun, purely aesthetic stuff that had no impact mm-hmm. on the game, and they were charging you money for this, like $5 for these things. It's ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous, James Franco and Simon Kimberg are working on a multiple man movie. For those of you who are not familiar with multiple man, uh, he is a mutant in the X-Men universe who basically just can create copies of himself. They are not holograms. They are literal, literal physical copies of himself. Um, his personal name is like human name is Jamie Madrox. Um, he showed up in X-Men three played by a Grey's anatomy actor. Apparently, uh, it sounds like something James Franco would do. I personally have no real interest in this.
1: It doesn't seem very interesting, honestly. Maybe it's just because they're, like his character hasn't been fleshed out much
0: for it, very
1: many people to see.
0: We were, we were joking about this after we saw Justice League, and we were talking about all these other things going on where James Franco's buddy is Seth Rogen, and we were talking about how Seth Rogen could show up as Morph, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Morph is a really big cornerstone piece of Wolverine's story in the 90s X-Men animated series. And <laughs> I just, if it's going to be completely ridiculous, just have Morph show up and, you know, you have a guy that can create copies of himself and you have a guy who can change into whatever, whoever. Mm-hmm. And it. I just, I have no interest in this movie. I don't care much for it. Uh, I mean, I, I guess it speaks to how much Marvel or Fox's Marvel division of people really enjoy working with Simon Kimberg that he's actually working on this as well as the Dark Phoenix movie. It, it's whatever. It's James Franco. It'll be weird and maybe people will enjoy it. Maybe people won't. I probably won't watch it. It depends on how well the podcast is doing if I have to go see it for the podcast, then I will, <laughs> but I I think this will be a pass for me. yeah, there's there's that news. And then we had the Rampage trailer debut this week which debuted alongside Justice League. It looks fun. It looks like it could be fun bad. Yeah. It doesn't it, look like it's going to be any kind of like world beater, but it looks kind of along the lines of uh, a Pacific Rim, just like a just like a fun standalone action movie, which they will surely make sequels of if they can. <laughs> Probably. I, I was joking when we saw the trailer that it looks like The Rock literally just went and filmed this right after filming Jumanji. Yeah. Like yep. they, He didn't even bother changing his yeah. costume.
1: Yep, like he was in Jumanji and then got like sucked into some other portal, was doing Rampage, and then got sucked back into Jumanji or something.
0: Yeah, and which is fine. I mean, Jumanji is probably going to be awful and not make any money. There's a reason they're releasing it in December, a week after Star Wars comes out, or a week and a half after Star Wars comes out, because... That's where movies go to die—is to go play against Star, uh, Star Wars. Yeah, it
1: it looks okay, but I mean, I I obviously I don't think it's going to do as well as the original Jumanji.
0: Yeah, it no, definitely. I, there's apparently a Robin Williams uh, cameo in there, but really, yeah. Well, not like a Robin Williams cameo, but like an homage where. Um, I guess the treehouse that his character lived in and oh, in between okay. the, the time jump right. is going to be referenced or it's going to be a, a plot point or something. Um, but yeah, they're they're paying a homage to Robin Williams in the previous movie. Uh, I know in the first trailer, a lot of people were freaking out, like, how does this become a video game? And the right. newer trailer shows the original box game. Yep. And so obviously somehow through the magics of that enchanted the board game it right. mutated into an Atari.
1: I mean that that's kind of what would make sense to me because I mean it's it's like a magic game so I mean you kind of have to roll along with
0: it. No pun intended rolling the dice. Uh, <laughs> my my thought process on it was that there are more than one version of the game but I also really? when I for, when I saw the first trailer I thought it was like a new standalone Jumanji. I, I thought it was like a mm-hmm. reboot. Whereas apparently it's just kind of a continuation, but also a reboot. So, um, the, the events of the first movie happened and maybe they'll actually reference it. Maybe they won't. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a complete reboot. I didn't know that
1: they like did that for Robin Williams. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, they, they did that. And, uh, so when I, again, like I said, when I first saw the trailer, the the very first trailer is like, okay, so it's a reboot and they'll just homage Robin Williams or pay, you know, pay respects to him. But now that I've seen the new trailer where they show the, the original box, it mm-hmm. it shows that okay, so the first movie did happen, and it's now found its way into other hands. Um, my my big question as far as this goes is, how much Jack Black and Cri- Kevin Hart can people actually handle in one movie?
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I think like seeing Jack Black like impersonate like a teenager college girl. I mean, I think I could listen to it for only just so long, and then it just would get old or annoying.
0: Well, I, th- I think Jack Black's pretty annoying to begin with, so <laughs> I, I, I just— Fair I, enough. I don't have much—I don't have any real expectations for this movie, and I don't care to see it. If it's on Netflix when my daughter's older, maybe I'll watch it with right. her, but I, I don't care. Yeah, and I definitely probably would just watch it
1: on Netflix if it's there
0: yeah and so anyway back to the main topic rampage looks like a lot of fun uh you've got the giant wolf you've got the giant monkey my only complaint is that they all seem pretty small yeah i Um,
1: i i thought the same thing like to me i I thought like in rampage i thought they were supposed
0: to be like huge they're supposed to be building size like they're supposed to be able to like bigger than king kong huge yeah, at least in the original, because obviously in the new King Kongs, he's very much bigger and he's going to get even bigger come King Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, but, I mean, the, the giant crocodile looks pretty big. So, But yeah. that's that's my concern, is that it's going to end up being the... The wolf and the gorilla team up to take on the crocodile. But and then see, there there's was a fourth four. one.
1: Yeah, there was four in the original game, but I honestly I can't remember what the fourth one was. I feel like it was like avian or something. Because they 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 had the monkey, they had the wolf, they had the lizard.
0: Let's take a look. You have George the gorilla. Okay. You have Lizzie the lizard. All right. Ralph the wolf. All right. And Larry the rat apparently there were more oh um oh they they remade it so let's see the original 1986 say it's been a while since i played the game yeah the original atari 86 had a rat uh for the atari Lynx version okay um other than that those it was actually only those three originally so um you had ralph the wolf lizzie the lizard and george the gorilla maybe it will
1: just be a three because that would be a little disappointing just to have one giant rat but it's in yeah
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just gonna it's gonna be um it's gonna be george and ralph the wolf team up against the lizard mm-hmm. uh, w- I, which i guess is fine but it just it looked like though that uh george
1: and what was it for the wolf? ralph ralph It looked like they were fighting, though, for a little part of the trailer. Yeah, it
0: looks like they're going to, because of whatever's making them grow, is going to make them, like, hulk out, and they have no control over their rage, and they're just bashing into everything because they have no other means of letting out this rage. But I'm sure at some point, The Rock is going to get in touch with George doing his gorilla sign language, Mm -hmm. and, um, like... George is gonna calm down and get the wolf on his side, and they're gonna go take out the lizard because the lizard's gonna eat and destroy everything. Yep. Um, but as whatever, they do. as they do. <laughs> uh, but whatever, it's it's gonna be. It should be fun. The Rock obviously doesn't seem to mind doing these mindless action movies. Yeah. So it's as long as staple. yeah, as long as they're having fun and you know it's it's an enjoyable movie. Who cares? As long as it's fun and everyone has a good time as they walk out. And then in the last bit of news, Wonder Woman and Warner Brothers have blinked against the all-powerful Star Wars, which is All a smart Star move. Star Wars. <laughs> uh, Wonder Woman 2 has moved up about six weeks to avoid a conflict with Star Wars because when they originally slated Wonder Woman 2, they put it in December of 2019 because Star Wars Episode Nine was supposed to be coming out May 2019. And then because of the director change, Disney and Star Wars and Lucasfilms Films all decided that that week before christmas is a pretty sweet spot. Yep. So, we're going to we're going to take that. It's a good christmas present for me. Exactly. Wonder Woman was already slated there and Disney just kind of gave a big middle finger to Warner Brothers and said, mm, "Nah, that's our spot now." Yeah. They can, so they will. <laughs> Warner Brothers kind of looked over the the calendar and said, "This looks like a good spot." And they've now moved to November 1st, 2019. If Thor Ragnarok is any indication, it's a pretty good weekend to open up. I won't complain. That also means all the advanced screenings that we do will be on Halloween night. (laughs)
1: Well, I don't really do anything that night anyways. Well,
0: you'll be doing something on 2019. Watching Wonder Woman. (laughs) So, it's a smart move. Uh, I'm honestly slightly surprised that they moved up six weeks. But at the same time, I'm not because that sounds like something DC would do. They don't want to fall into that... February, January time frame, just because Star Wars will probably still be going pretty strong at that point. And so you One can only out. hope. <laughs> yeah, it they have six weeks to make as much money as possible until Star Wars comes out. And I don't think Marvel has anything slated for that time frame yet.
1: Yet. Well
0: 2019 is pretty jam-packed already. You've got Captain Marvel in March, you've got Avengers Four in May. And then you've got spider-man homecoming 2 in july so i don't think marvel wants to oversaturate with four movies in a year uh yeah that's probably true but i mean you're, we're getting three marvel movies in the span of four months which is pretty awesome
1: yes i mean that definitely so is
0: march april may june july five months technically unless you count from the time captain marvel comes out so then it'd be april may june july which would be four so semantics but yeah, 2019 seems like it's going to be a pretty fun year. And speaking of Wonder Woman, we're going to get to our main topic here already. And that is the Justice League movie. For those of you who have not seen the movie yet, we are doing full spoilers. We're not doing non-spoilers this time. Largely because the movie is so short and they cut everything down so intricately that you cannot talk about this movie without talking about spoilers. If, uh, if you have not seen this movie and you don't want to be spoiled... Thanks for listening. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Find us on YouTube. We're at Talking Smack Pod, at, uh, Talking Smack Pod on Twitter. We're at T on Gmail. Send us your thoughts. Um, Please do. Yeah, we appreciate any and all feedback. We appreciate any and all questions, comments, concerns. I don't know why you have concerns other than the fact that maybe we're just a bit crazy for doing this podcast.
1: We're always
0: crazy, Josh. Oh <laughs> Clearly. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week, hopefully. Uh, we're either going to be doing Battlefront 2 or Cocoa Review. Very different things in that one, too. Maybe both. Maybe Who both. Knows? Probably not. I don't have that kind of time. Anyway, Justice League trailer. Full spoilers. First thing we're going to talk about is it made $13 million on Thursday night openings, which is the third highest, no, fourth highest DCEU DC movie universe, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. uh, opening. Which for the Justice League, that's pretty bad. That that's kind of what I thought too when I when I saw those numbers, especially compared to Batman versus Superman, which opened at twenty seven point seven million for Thursday screenings. Yeah, and that's crazy considering the movie that Batman v Superman was like forty five minutes longer than uh, Justice League. So that means they had fewer showings of that on Thursday night. Yeah. Whereas Justice League, at a two-hour, like it's literally less than two hours if you don't include the credits, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's mind-boggling that this movie did not open to a, a bigger screening. I'm not saying that it deserves a bigger a bigger right. amount of money, right. but uh, just for reference, Wonder Woman opened at 11 million, right? But it went on to have a huge weekend because word of mouth was spread and because of how good it was. Unfortunately, that's not the case with Justice League, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I mean it.
1: I think it just was tarnished a bit by Batman versus Superman. I mean, I think Wonder Woman, if it wasn't for Wonder Woman, I think it would have done even worse, pretty much.
0: I'm if Wonder guaranteed. Woman failed, this movie would, this probably might have not even made 13 million. It might have not even hit double digits in the millions. Yeah. It, like it might've made nine, maybe 10 million. Like overall, it is a decent just action movie,
1: but I mean, it's, it was a little disappointing to yeah. say the least.
0: And uh, there's there's so much to talk about. I want to talk about some good stuff first just because I feel like I'm going to be talking about a lot of negatives. Um, Superman in this movie is done pretty well. Um, I don't think it's perfect, but it's probably the best Superman we have seen in this movie universe. Not
1: graphically wise. Not
0: visually, uh. <laughs> no. Because, um, yeah, the mustache thing, if you don't know about it, just just Google it. Uh, Henry Henry Cavill mustache and Justice League should find you all the stories. It's too complicated to talk about, and it's too weird to talk about. Um, basically, <laughs> I thought he had a
1: stroke. <laughs> yeah,
0: is is just very weird. And for a movie that has a three hundred million dollar budget, they did not put a lot into their visual effects. I'm supposed to be talking about good stuff right now. Derek. It's my bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> we don't get a really good Batman sequence like we did in Batman v Superman, which kind of was disappointing. The very first time we see Batman is kind of cool where he's stalking some cat burglar. But even that sequence is kind of boring outside of the visual of him squatting on the gargoyle across Mm -hmm. the street. The Diana sequence is interesting, but the time frame is really weird because she only has 20 seconds to do something. By the time she actually starts doing that something, it's been like four seconds. So she has 13 seconds to do that thing. Yeah.
1: And it's
0: if they had given her 30 or 45 seconds, okay.
1: It's never good to actually count down that stuff, because it, it never makes sense in the end, honestly. No, it,
0: but I mean, I get they're trying to show how fast she moves, especially in the sequence where she's doing her... We're talking about negatives right now. No, we need to talk about positives. So Wonder Woman has her moment, but it's it's in a weird time constraint thing that I, I'll get into later when we're talking more negatives but there 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 are positives like ezra miller as much as i still really don't like him as the flash he was better than i was expecting uh mainly because of his eyes there are a few sequences where his eyes are so expressive right it works and it's awesome like there when superman comes back he's literally watching the flash move at his flash speed and it freaks him out and all you see are his eyes yeah, he's and like, his eyes are just bugging and <laughs> I was like oh, holy shit he's watching me he can yep. see me moving yeah uh, he's probably the part that I enjoyed
1: mo- like most about the movie yeah
0: I in agree in terms of like
1: lightheartedness
0: he definitely shone the brightest in this movie which is really like
1: surprising honestly
0: yeah i, I thought it was going to be a very big flash showcase but i didn't think i would like ezra miller as much as i did and i thought aquaman was going to kind of steal the show because mm-hmm. I, I think dc is really trying to to get rid of the the super friends thing where he's right. like riding on dolphins and, yeah <laughs> you know then the the whole persona of aquaman talks to fish nothing too ridiculous yeah Aquaman was fine. The Amazonian showed up. They looked very 300. They didn't look quite as good as they did in uh, Wonder Woman, in my opinion. It was really weird costuming where they apparently evolved from the 1920s and World War I-era Wonder Woman movie with like full-on armor to having bikini tops. Regarding yeah. the most important thing in, in Themyscira and possibly in the world, we're going to make sure that our women have fewer layers of armor.
1: I think they're. Still they had some living. killer
0: abs, but yeah, in a fight s- that means nothing.
1: They're still living in their own time, though. Even though so much time has actually passed, I mean, they're still living in their own time, using wooden arrows and bows and ropes and stuff. <laughs> Magic ropes. Magic ropes. Excuse me.
0: <laughs> there, there are good things in this movie, but. The the negatives really outweigh them. Uh, they do,
1: unfortunately. The
0: Batcave is kind of cool when Ezra Mil- when the Flash shows up in the Batcave for the first time is really funny because he's literally just dashing everywhere, yeah. just checking yep. it all out.
1: Yep, like and a hidden candy shop.
0: Yeah, and he's just like, "Oh my god, you you work in a cave!" And he runs around and get like, you can tell this is a Joss Whedon moment though. And he's like, "It's like a Batcave," <laughs> and there there's there, it has some good laughs, but not in a way that kind of feels out of place like the you can tell like oh joss whedon wanted a moment here oh joss whedon wanted a moment here and to be fair if i didn't know that there were two directors on this movie i wouldn't have thought that there were two directors like visually it is fairly consistent outside of the really bad green screen reshoots right those are really bad we're going to use that as our segue into the bad stuff <laughs> Because, unfortunately, there's a lot of bad stuff to talk about in this movie. And I feel like it really detracts from the enjoyment that should have been had the first time we saw this movie. Um, Or maybe not so much just bad stuff, but more like disappointments. Yes, that's a better term. Because we had a lot of hopes. I I went in with with low expectations, but hoping for the best. And I kind of fell somewhere... More towards the best, but at the same time, not really. Like I I felt more in the middle. Yeah, better Um, than Batman versus Superman. Better than Suicide Squad, not as
1: good as like Wonder Woman. I think it was better than
0: Man of Steel as well, um, but it was not better than Wonder Woman. And, um, but that's also, you know, that's like Usain Bolt beating me in a race. Right. There's there's a pretty big gap there. Yep. So, one of the first things I want to talk about is. Very early on in the movie we are introduced to this family, uh, in Russia after the um parademons show up and, and they're basically they in no like, purpose. Yeah. And they're, they're in like Chernobyl, basically. Yeah, it's essentially Chernobyl, just not yep. I don't think they ever actually named the city. They just said, Oh, they, they do a, they do just some random Yeah, it's some random Russian, Russian town. Name, yeah. Um but yeah, basically they it's a, a town that their their nuclear plant had a meltdown a meltdown and like 30 years later they're they're slowly starting to rebuild and uh, they try to like raise the stakes for people because aquaman like shows sympathy like they're just people trying to get by you know we see that they're a poor family uh but they only show this one family and it
1: just seemed strange because like it's supposed to be like a community of people like living in the outskirts of this like town Mm -hmm. just because they have no other place to go they're in out in the middle of nowhere in Russia, and but they just kept focusing on just the one family. But there really wasn't much dialogue at all.
0: There was no dialogue. It was all visuals yeah. because I'm I'm sure. Well, there was some dialogue, but it was all like "Stay down, get down," right. because the parademons are coming, and even they don't know what the parademons are. They just see giant cockroaches or something flying around, and the dad just says, "Stay down, get down, be quiet." Like that's it, and it's all in subtitles. I guess they could only afford so many subtitles, and it, uh, it, it's like they. We're trying to get us to have like some
1: sort of emotional investment in these people but it just wasn't there but it
0: it, the way the movie presented it it felt like they were the only people in that town we didn't see any neighbors we didn't hear any other commotion not until
1: like closer to the end yeah of the whole action like sequence
0: and in the end it didn't matter because again we we're supposed it's it's a cheating mechanism to try and make you care about the stakes because this family that has two little kids and no dog so like right. the manipulation's not really there because you got to have the dog <laughs> like they're they're not able to escape the, the 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 giant crystals that are forming or giant right like the terraforming or, that's yeah whatever occurring. the terraforming is going on uh they're they're not able to run out because their their car overheated because they're so poor yep. and then the flash comes mm-hmm. and saves the day because he and superman are going to Spoiler alert, Superman comes back. I already said full spoilers going in. Well, I mean, I think it's, I mean, just based on the
1: trailers, like almost anyone who knew anything about the movies knows that he comes back anyways.
0: Yeah, and I mean, anyone who saw Batman v Superman saw uh, the dirt, which that's a really weird payoff for that. That's something I'm going to get into as well. Um, But the, the family in Russia just was absolutely pointless that whole subplot could have been cut out they could have left in the fact that the flash saves them from their burnt out car right. in the movie and it wouldn't have changed anything nope and it it also goes into um, I mean the the whole sequence they're in I think they maybe have like two minutes of screen time but whatever that's stuff that doesn't matter to the actual story and speaking of stuff that doesn't matter, there's like a two a three or four minute opening credit sequence. Which I guess is supposed to show how hopeless the world has become since Superman's dead. There's police brutality. There's a homeless person on the street that has a sign that says, I tried. That just, that just didn't make any sense to me. The only thing I can think of all. is he's given up hope for trying to do something. I, we don't know what that thing like, is. I thought maybe it was
1: some sort of like callback to something that occurred in Batman versus Superman. No. Like, just some homeless person in the background maybe that had a sign. I think it's it was the just same person again.
0: Nope. It was just supposed to present like how hopeless the world has become without Superman. This opening credits sequence could have been cut, and when it would not have changed anything within the movie because we don't see much of the world outside of that opening credits, and it doesn't impact anything. No. And there's also a. An opening sequence with really bad CGI Henry Cavill oh on a God. kid's phone. He's like, "I'm I'm going to record first, you for my podcast." First thing you see in the yeah. movie, the first thing, really creepy CGI Henry yeah. Cavill. Super and creepy. He looks like he had a stroke. There's there's one line in that moment too where he's he's being interviewed by these kids and the kids are like, "So why does why do you have the S on your shirt? Well, it, well, it means hope, which we've already covered in Man of yeah. Steel." And then, well, it looks like an S. He's like, "It's supposed to." No, it's not. It's that not supposed to look like an s. That is your your alien symbol for hope, right? It is just a complete coincidence that it also looks like an s exactly. And it's that, not supposed to do whole, anything. That whole scene seemed pointless. To it me was it was too. put in to have a smiling Superman. It was it's it reeked of desperation. They they're like, look, he's smiling. Look, people like him because in Batman v Superman and Man of Steel, we don't know how the world actually feels about Superman right. other than, the, the U.S. Congresswoman who wants to outlaw Superman or monetize him or weaponize him or whatever, put him in the Sokovia Accords, mm-hmm. essentially, we, we don't really know how the world feels about Superman. So that's what that opening sequence was supposed to be. It was supposed to say, look, the world likes him. the wor- Kids love him. People want to be him. And now the world mourns him because he's dead, which, again, it just reeked of desperation to me that that's what they were trying to go for. That whole sequence could have been cut between the kids interviewing Superman and the opening credits, and they could have just opened with Batman catching the cap. It just felt like the movie
1: hadn't actually even started yet.
0: Yeah, it it was an epilogue that didn't need to happen, or a prologue, prologue. I get those confused sometimes. There's <laughs> a prologue that didn't need to happen, and it, it that was cl- the the opening credits is clearly a Zack Snyder thing because we had a similar thing in Batman v Superman with Bruce Wayne's parents getting murdered, and both of them look like a uh, a video game sequence. Like it, it doesn't belong in a movie. It looks right. way too CGI'd, and it just looks bad. Moving on from <laughs> just the opening like five minutes of the movie, there's a scene in Atlantis which. Is really dark, so you don't really get the full grasp of this. You don't get the grasp of Atlantis. Like it's it's an underwater kingdom, and all we see is like a small portion of it where they're guarding a mother box. It's really weird to me because one, these are people who are native to living underwater. They are mer people, right? And they move like surface dwellers who move underwater, and it looks really weird and faster. Really, yeah. it, It. but it still looks really weird and clunky. And, like, Mera, who is supposed to be, like, this great water wizard, magician, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call her, uh, sorceress, she she just moves really weird. And the sequence where she and Aquaman have a conversation is really weird because she creates, like, an air pocket for them to just kind of have a chill and have a conversation. Right. Like, you're mer people, You can talk underwater. Yeah, why do you I need an air pocket?
1: I Yeah, I don't really understand why... They did that. I mean, there was a fight sequence where she was doing it to try and stop Steppenwolf, but it and that like, looks that fine. Made, like that made I mean, the sense. movements, the movements like, look really throwing weird. Throwing him in the water, throwing him out of the water.
0: Steppenwolf moved
1: better in the water than the Atlanteans did. <laughs> he seemed, yeah, he did seem somewhat like unaffected compared to. He, and he
0: didn't have to worry about breathing for some reason like apparently he has superman's lung com- lung capacity yeah we don't even know what he is exactly he's he's an apocalypton, but who's been outcast by dark for reasons um oh because he uh he didn't conquer earth because last time when he came to conquer earth he decided to gloat and make people kneel before terraforming it with the mother boxes and so now this time he's here to collect the mother boxes and terraform Earth for Apocalypse, and then he'll be allowed back in. But again, that's like backstory that's completely inferred through exposition. If you're not listening for it or you're not paying attention, you completely miss it. Like, his yeah. motivations are very ill-defined.
1: Pretty much. Besides just wanting to terraform Earth, that's all I really got from it. Yeah, really. they,
0: they reveal that he he's going to just get the mother boxes and go in the scene where Wonder Woman and Batman... Or, Diana and Bruce Wayne are walking along the lake right and And
1: I specifically heard Steppenwolf mention Darkseid but I beyond that I didn't know or understand the connection besides Darkseid obviously being like a master of some sorts
0: well that's that's one thing that Joss Whedon changed is apparently there was supposed to be a cliffhanger ending alluding to Darkseid even more heavy-handed but Joss Whedon took that out, I think, largely because it was way too similar to what happened with Thanos in the original Avengers. And Understandable, I guess. Through the post credit scenes, it looks like they're completely going away from Side for a while because they teased the Injustice League or the Legion of Doom or the Light, whatever you want to call it. So um, that's something we'll get into in a little bit. He also rewar- Joss Whedon also reworked Cyborg scenes to try and give him a, a slightly different tone. Because if you watch the trailers leading up to this, like every, all 19 of them that they released, <laughs> um, there's a lot of backstory for Victor Stone that was left out. And there was a lot of clearly brooding moments that he also did not get. Right. Um, but speaking of Cyborg, there's a scene in the movie that did not fit it weirded me out it was when they go to rescue the hostages that steppenwolf has taken the like nine people who are missing Mm -hmm. and he like goes and tackles his dad which is a weird thing to do when you're trying to rescue someone like you just tackle him and then you wait a second you're like hey dad and he's like victor you found me they're having a family moment let's just leave him alone for a few seconds like
1: um wait wasn't steppenwolf like just standing right there yeah wouldn't Um, he just
0: like take cyborg and like be like what the fuck are you what are you doing here and it that scene was weird and they got rid of a lot of backstory i think they're going to fill a lot of that in and use a lot of the footage that they shot in justice league for the cyborg movie whenever that comes out mm-hmm. um but i think uh i forget it. ray fisher i think is the guy who plays cyborg uh, i think have never I, heard of him or i'm, seen I'm him pretty before. sure it's ray fisher he, knew, he was fine. I would have liked a more enthusiastic booyah out of him.
1: Right. Okay. I, see, that's the thing for me is that I, the cyborg that I know like most is from Teen Titans. I mean, that's the cyborg that I grew up on, you could say. So, I mean, it was different seeing him be like much more dark and brooding compared to that more enthusiastic and energetic cyborg. It's not that I didn't enjoy it. I, it. I found it more
0: interesting. I mean, it was okay. I, I don't get Cyborg being in the Justice League. Um, he's To me, he's always going to be a Teen Titan or um, a member of the team if you're going mm-hmm. by Young Justice standards. I don't get why he, he's so integral to be in the Justice League right now. Um, right. I know in the new 52 he was in there. Uh, I don't think he's been a part of the Teen Titans since the new 52 or he was ever a part of the Teen Titans. I don't know.
1: If it, if it wasn't for the fact that he was like pretty useful as a character in terms of like some of the action sequences where he helps with the night crawler, getting that back up so they could escape from the collapsing tunnel.
0: And then the fact that he, he's the key to separating the three mother boxes, right? Um, which I think was the whole point of doing that. Uh, but speaking of, cyborg while we're on the subject there was clearly some kind of subplot where he like succumbs or the the machine within takes over right and they never do anything with that they have like a brief moment where he talks in a robotic voice for a second and then he's like excuse me i'm better now um right they're in chernobyl like or like when uh they first bring
1: superman like back to life and then his like his body's defense systems kick in and he's for, no yeah, like, for no real reason yeah like no real reason he he,
0: he knows that he's that superman is scanning them like trying to figure out like what's going on with them are they real what's happening and then his his armor just decides we should attack
1: yep that's that's a threat yep i need to shoot it now Which, like that didn't i don't know it was just weird like it like they first brought him in, and like he was scared, and he wasn't sure because he knew he didn't have like full control yet. And then it just stopped being an issue once he needed to separate the mother boxes. Yeah,
0: and the, it just yeah,
1: it, it didn't make sense. Speaking and of, th- it probably has to deal with the stuff that they cut out too. Oh yeah, like I, all they all the would made it
0: better. Maybe uh, I think it just would have been it would like you said it, it would have been fluff that didn't matter. But I think. Maybe leaving in the subplot of the the mother box or whatever the programming is within him, right? Uh, taking over for a moment. Like I think that should maybe that should have been left. I in guess because, by better,
1: I just mean like better explanation for things. Yeah, like and
0: story story we, wise, we might get that in an extended cut that will probably come out. I mean, so far every DC movie besides Man of Steel and Wonder Woman has had an extended cut. We we don't know. We'll see. While we're on the subject of Cyborg and Superman, there's a scene very late in the movie where Cyborg is separating the three mother boxes. He creates like some kind of delay where uh, he and Superman can separate them. And Superman's like, "Is this is?" And he's like, "There might." Or Cyborg says, "There there will be a kickback." He's like, "Is it gonna right. hurt?" And he's like, "Yeah." And then they get blown up. And Superman, who has just recently been resurrected, uh, is like, "Oh man, I wish I was dead." Yeah, and the explosion that like they were like, oh
1: my god, it's gonna be such a big explosion. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna take It knocks them back like out. seven or eight feet. Yeah, and it only knocks them back seven. And it's like that. That was it. That was the huge
0: explosion that yeah, they were they, all worried about. Like you said, they made a big deal out of it when they were on the the bat plane or whatever. They were talking about how separating the boxes could have a, a pretty big explosion like they right. should all be clear like, Victor, big
1: explosion and right Victor now could handle it they're in the big like steam or smokestack for the nuclear plant you it only think affects maybe, that like
0: nine foot radius yeah
1: like it it's like okay that didn't collapse or anything i mean they even took that down in one of like the wolverine movies from cyclops and beam or whatever yeah
0: and I don't, I don't, that line with Superman just didn't sit well with me because it was supposed to be played up for a laugh because he and Cyborg both start laughing.
1: Yeah, but it felt very forced.
0: Yeah, it it wasn't funny. And among other things, we, I mean, maybe it like had an internal effect on them. And he, Cyborg, Cyborg I I, I can feel my toes.
1: Yeah, and for how long that scene was too, it's like, um, you guys, uh, Steppenwolf is still alive. You haven't taken care of him yet. Where the hell is he? What is he doing? Yeah,
0: and again, just like the scene where he they rescue uh, Cyborg's dad, Steppenwolf's just kind of letting him chill out and make a few quips. Yeah. Whatever. It's like, d- does Steppenwolf suck that bad? Is that why he was kicked <laughs> out by
1: Darkseid?
0: Another ba- uh, another Superman line that really bothered me was when they, they resurrected Superman. Uh, just to kind of leave some things Unspoiled. We're not going to talk about how Superman comes back. We're just going to say he's resurrected. When he he comes back and he's he's very defensive because he doesn't know what's happening. Right. And he. Find, I, mean, I guess is understandable. And this is this is another thing. Before I'm going to go off topic here really quickly. In Batman v Superman, they essentially kiss and make up in that movie. Mm-hmm. And Diana's like, if if you're the first person he sees when he wakes up, you probably won't survive. And Batman's like. I'll accept it because Superman right. needs to live and I don't I don't matter. I'll I'll deal Superman's with it. I'm beacon. a hard ass like Yeah, I always do. Well, am. I, that's that's not how I took it. I think it was more he's he think he's old and he he's too tired to be continue to do this and the world needs Superman more than it needs Batman. And so that's kind of what he was thinking. But it doesn't translate within this universe because they they made up. Like they were fighting side by side at the end of Batman v Superman mm-hmm. they like we our moms have the same name we should be friends right. batman goes i'm going to go rescue your mom and they made it seem like it was batman who actually killed superman but it was yeah and i mean yes technically batman was trying to kill superman but again they, one they point, kiss they kiss and make yeah. up and then they fight doomsday, doomsday. and then and doomsday was, is the one who killed yeah. superman and Bat- superman sacrificed himself but they're playing right. it up like if superman wakes up and sees batman he's going to be pissed why? It, yeah, it didn't make much sense. And like, I
1: understand if, like, when he, like, woke up to be, like, confused and not know what's going on, when you die and then come back to life, that's understandable. But to then just get pissed off and want to kill everyone, like, that didn't make much sense. And especially for them to, like, make it seem like he would especially want to kill Batman.
0: Yeah, it, it just that didn't play well with me. I, although I, I will say when they brought him back... I was happy with the way they did it because he wasn't technically evil. And that was right. a big thing a lot of people were concerned about. Or not concerned, but thinking that was going to happen is that uh, Steppenwolf was going to use a mother box to bring him back and he would be evil and manipulated. Yeah,
1: he wasn't like evil or like a villain. He just was He didn't confused. have his... Yeah, he
0: didn't... He wasn't like fully aware of what was happening. Mm-hmm. He had literally just woken up from a, a very long sleep. Yeah. and uh, But going back to it when he sees batman for the first time he has him by the face while he's hovering and he just asks him do you bleed which was the mary poppins y'all of 27 2016 for me which mm-hmm. the internet just killed that line it was a bad line to begin with yep. and it just it, calling back to it was just i think that was just Zack snyder like giving himself you know a pat on the back like i made the internet happy like of course he bleeds like he's you know he's human asking that question is completely stupid except for the fact that it's a callback to a line that fanboys loved when the first trailer came out
1: i didn't care for it
0: it was completely the so another thing in that same scene is apparently secret identities mean shit because yep. throughout the whole movie, pretty much, yeah. Uh, yep. Aquaman outs Bruce Wayne as Batman in Norway. I think the or only person are. that really even has a secret
1: identity is the Flash. Yeah, pretty much. He's the only one that is like wearing a mask for most of the whole time,
0: and he he doesn't have any interactions. And I mean, people call him Barry, but no one knows who the hell Barry is. No, no. Nope. And then I mean, Aquaman is fairly no one in america apparently knows who he would be, but you know like the norwegians and the dutch people where he kind of tends to hang out seem would seem to know who he is right but when superman comes back they they have a a secret card to play which everyone is meant to see uh, assume that it's it's kryptonite they're going to put him down with the kryptonite spear from batman right superman or they have some backup kryptonite somewhere and it ends up being lois which wasn't surprising whatsoever and throughout the entire portion of this leading up to lois diana wonder woman calls him kal-el right or the first time she calls him kal-el which yeah. she, i mean she she's foreign <laughs> she's allowed to have a mispronounce a few words but she calls him kal-el later they're calling him kal-el or superman then lois shows up and she goes clark clark yep clarky clarky clark clark yeah clark and there's yep. a cop with an earshot. yeah and why why would that cop not just go? Why is he why is she calling Superman Clark? That doesn't matter though. And then nope. they I think they call Batman Bruce a couple of times but again, literally Aquaman outs Bruce Wayne as Batman in front of a giant crowd of people when he's walking into the water. Apparently secret identities don't mean shit or the civilians just know how important these people are to keep the crazies at bay mm-hmm. and they just let them kind of keep going on living in their delusion. The biggest compliment i can give to this movie is i was very intrigued by the boom tube effect it looked very similar to like the the rainbow bridge effect of thor that's
1: what it reminded me most but of it too. i mean
0: it's it's an interesting interpretation of the boom tube because pretty much every time we've seen it in comics or in animation it's literally just a big white light circle that shows up which right. we've also seen in doctor like strange sort of portal yeah yeah so the fact that it's just it's like this pulsating tube like a vacuum tube yeah it's it's called a boom for space it's called a boom tube so you would think yeah it would be a tube instead of a portal right so i i kind of like that and it, it was an interesting effect but the first time steppenwolf shows up in a boom tube one it was very similar to how loki shows up in avengers and two when he first starts speaking i was like is that arnold schwarzenegger did they get him to do the voice acting for this? Because he shows up, he's like, Amazonians, how are you doing? I'm to take your mother box. And then he just kind of slowly takes away the accent, and he just sounds like a normal guy. But Steppenwolf was a very generic-looking villain, but the animation in some spots was really good. I was like, wow, right. they did really good with that. And then right. immediately with like they would cut away and then come back, and then he would look like a video game it villain. It was
1: very just like back and forth in terms of like how stuff looked from scene to scene it, it just kind of broke things up
0: yeah it, and it was just it was very distracting because again sometimes he looked really good like oh wow they they did really good motion capture for this one and then they would cut back and you'd just be like did i start playing a video game version of justice league <laughs> and it, where his lips wouldn't move right and his his jaw and everything just didn't sync up I mean, still all of that though it, I mean it still did
1: look better than that first scene with the CGI Superman yeah that, <laughs> that was probably I mean we're complaining about like some of the visuals from the movie but I mean none of it was as bad as that very first scene. I mean I have to say the first scene is pretty
0: bad but the scene in the cornfield is pretty bad too where they they do, uh,
1: like, with they do like a
0: wide and shot Clark? and then yeah and then they do um, okay. They do like face-to-face shots, and there's there's a couple shots. One circulating on the internet right now that I, that I sent you from that scene, and it just it looks so bad. His teeth look fake. His his lips don't move right. His cheeks and everything. From my understanding, they took a facial scan of him from like Man of Steel, mm-hmm. and then they did a, a facial scan of him for Justice League with the mustache, and then they layered the man of steel skin on top of it so it's literally like he's wearing a mask of himself and
1: it like you can tell too like around his mouth that it's like did, is he okay did he have a stroke does he have some sort of like tumor growing <laughs> like what what is going on there nerve damage yeah
0: so the biggest non-technical flaw of this movie is the stakes never feel very high like yeah this is a world ending event that is happening yeah and you never feel it you know it's such a breakneck pace that they don't take a moment to really emphasize how big of a deal this is and like they really built up to it too
1: that's that's the disappointing part is like they really built up on how like bad steppenwolf was and like he he like he's going to do what he's going to do like he gets each of the boxes like he just pretty much just swats away the amazons and takes the box and then he goes in and just swats kicks away ass the Atlanteans. And, yeah,
0: yep. And then he he steals the mother box from the humans that yep. Victor had stolen uh, after the Superman fight. Uh, he just kind of shows up and's like, "Oh, hey, cool, thanks." Yep. Yeah. Oh, you guys just left this laying here. Oh, thanks. How convenient. But yeah, the, the stakes never, It never feels like it's a world-ending event. You you know that the Justice yeah. League and is going to win. And you get to the very way, end somehow. of like
1: the main like action sequence of them like trying to take him down and it just
0: didn't feel tense. Yeah, Superman showed up and, you know, yeah, they were they were all having a good time at that point. Like, oh hey, Soupy's here. We can just kinda hang out. Where he like Stefan will pretty much kinda like kicked their ass for the
1: first part of the movie, like when he actually fought fought them and then and then the other characters, like the Lanteans and the Amazons. But then like near the very end and then as soon as Superman showed up, it was just, like a cakewalk for them, I guess it just seemed too too easy.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of the, the conundrum of Superman is the same thing with Professor X in most of the X-Men movies is he's so powerful you have to find a way to make things feel like they're they're not going to be able to solve this problem. I mean, Superman had a much tougher time against Zod. True. In
1: man of steel versus but, steppenwolf who- but zod is
0: essentially superman he he has they're on the same par and same level where zod is a military trained born and bred to be a military man person uh or kryptonian where steppenwolf is uh an apocalyptic part of the new the the new gods or you would the think though that
1: he would be like almost as powerful not just he, as powerful but almost as powerful and he's been around for thousands of years yeah and, and he, then he just gets his ass
0: handed to he him he got a few punches and in on superman but a couple it, minutes. yeah and it but it didn't yeah. it didn't matter let's talk about how they def- one batman gets the black widow treatment in the final sequence like he doesn't get his batman moment really in this movie mm-hmm. uh, but he basically is relegated to black widow in this movie where, at the end where he's just firing a gun at nothing really in particular off screen yep. They just show him like he has his gun and he's fired yeah, like he really can't do much
1: yeah so there. he
0: he runs around like the the entire sequence of the batmobile we have seen in the trailers mm-hmm. and that's kind of I, I was happy with that honestly because right like oh yeah they gave batman something to do and then the the batmobile is destroyed and oh yeah, well, once his
1: toys were gone it's just like okay so, yeah, just he, gonna, he just kind of. Like, punch
0: people and swing around and stuff. Yeah, he just kind of hangs out on a ledge and just shoots uh, an alien gun for five minutes while the Flash runs around and hurts people. And Wonder Woman kind of distracts Steppenwolf for a little while. And then Cyborg is doing the other, th- uh, trying to separate the mother boxes. And Aquaman is kind of. She, he's helping out. He's tag teaming with Wonder Woman against yeah, Steppenwolf. Yep. And then Superman shows up, saves the day. And then once they separate the mother boxes, a boom tube shows up and uh, they don't actually like kill Steppenwolf, but Mm -hmm. because they've separated the mother boxes and Superman's there, Steppenwolf apparently has now become scared or fearful of at least Superman. And the parademons are uh, attracted to fear. So they will attack whatever is giving off that fear pheromone or whatever. And that's all well and good as a way to get rid of the villain But where there were millions of parademons, there there were hundreds of thousands of parademons, and not all of them made it into that boom tube. It seemed somewhat lackluster. Yeah, it was just a it was a clean and cut. It was a way to not do the Avengers ending or the um, Phantom Menace ending, where the bad guys just all fall over dead because the mothership was destroyed. Because obviously, there's no mothership. But there's hundreds of thousands of Mm parademons that are like loose in the world. Yep. Whatever. It's fine. Like getting rid the the way they got rid of Steppenwolf was fine. It it tied up the bow. It didn't. The, the entire movie doesn't leave much to really be enjoyed, as far as I'm concerned. But there's the way they defeated. I mean, for what it could have been exactly. But the way they defeated Steppenwolf, and again, the the stakes just never feel big. It doesn't feel like oh my gosh, the world is going to end. Yeah. Uh, which yep. I mean, to be fair, the Avengers doesn't really do that either. No. But it's entertaining at least and we get, everyone has like a moment and there's a team moment. The only I
1: I feel like the DC EU yeah, movie it, universe like I feel like they have had like a much darker tone to things versus the Marvel movies. So I mean, I I feel like it sh-
0: should be kind of
1: expected just at least a little bit that they would have that bit more of a higher stakes kind of feeling.
0: Yeah. And I mean, part of what DC does really well though, is that their characters do a lot in space. So there's not a lot of earthbound material that they can really cover, especially with characters like Superman. And uh, I mean, the flash has a lot of his own, but they don't have justice league level villains. And uh, one of the last couple things I do want to talk about before we, we get into like, Where's the DC universe going? Is um, one, they try really hard to make Wonder Woman the leader of this movie, mm-hmm. and it never really ends up. It, it, it's another storyline that just doesn't really go anywhere. Like all, it, all it's leading up to is Batman again goes to sacrifice himself in in the final scene, and then apparently Wonder Woman makes a, a judgment call and says, "We're going to help Batman. We're not just going to go stop Steppenwolf. We're going to go help Batman and stop him from going on a suicide mission." Right. And they, they have a quick moment of like oh the lady made it the lady uh, made the call didn't ask for an opinion on any from anyone else and yep. she okay but they they try to make it really apparent that like because she is Diana Princess of Themyscira she is can be a, a beacon that Superman has kind of left vacant or void right that, that beacon of hope and she has gone into hiding because she's so depressed about Steve Trevor. Which, just to me, like, it, the whole movie gave me a different impression of Wonder
1: Woman versus the actual standalone Wonder Woman movie. With the way it ended, it seemed like she was going to be, like, that beacon of hope.
0: Yeah, and again, it's just another payoff that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. They build up towards something, and apparently that one thing was, we're going to team up and fight these parademons before we go fight Steppenwolf. So... I I don't know what that was all about, and then the other thing is there is a tease for the Hall of Justice at the end of the movie, but it's Bruce and Diana like doing some window shopping. It took for me it. a second though to like
1: even realize what was happening because it just seemed they're just in this like, dilapidated yeah like, mansion, and but it still seems small to me. I guess that's why I didn't realize what it was at first because. I guess I'm just used to all like the cartoon versions of the Hall of Justice where it's
0: huge. Yeah, it's it's a museum. Like yeah. they literally have a museum, yeah, like built a out mausoleum
1: of it. almost yeah. basically. And then they're just in this smallish mansion with a large dining room. Yeah. And, and like, Oh, we're going to put a big round table there with
0: room for more with,
1: yeah. W- with, with six seats. And and then Diana goes like with, with room for
0: more, which that, that whole scene is fine. I, I like the allusion to the right. hall of justice. I mean, I would have preferred something along the lines of like the watchtower because you now know that there's an intergalactic threat out there. Maybe you should get the watchtower. Yeah. That would make more sense.
1: Like in this day and age versus just the hall of justice. I mean, it, It's understandable to have the Hall of Justice, but you would think that having like a space fortress would be your first choice. Yeah,
0: and it would make it different enough from the Avengers who have, you know, Avengers Tower. Um, Mm -hmm. But the other thing in that scene that bothered me is the fact that Superman is not there. They are talking, this entire movie is about how the Justice League needs to exist because Superman is dead and only Superman can do inspire the hope that is in this world.
1: Yeah, It just seemed weird that it was mainly just Bruce and Diana. Making yeah. And Alfred was there to have like, a, a joke
0: decisions. Yeah. And like you wouldn't, why would you not invite Superman? Like, like I, to me, I would think there should be more than just those three. Well, I mean, they're the Trinity. They're like the three heads of the justice league. Like they're, right. they're supposed to be the ones that really make the the decisions. Although they, they do offer out a democratic policy within the Justice League. But they're the three that are like the the big hitters of the Justice League. So as long as those, like we needed more scenes with those three, but I feel like that scene was added in after Joss Whedon came in and they couldn't get Henry Cavill in there because of the mustache. Like that's the only thing I can right. think of is they just didn't want to have to CGI out the mustache in that scene as well. Which
1: I mean, I guess just based on that fact, I can appreciate because of how horrible <laughs> it looked in the first opening. gave you nightmares didn't it
0: it just bothered me it just looked wrong so we've rambled inconsistently throughout the different things going on with this movie uh we're going to end with the post credit scenes talking in this review and then we'll give our uh our opinions on whether or not you should see it or maybe go spend your money elsewhere um there are two post-credit scenes. There's one after the... I don't even know if there's, like, an actual, like, credits where they have, like, an effect and like, what Marvel does. But uh, they have one after the first batch of credits, which is just uh, the Flash and Superman prepping to have a race. And they bring mm-hmm. back a joke where the Flash doesn't understand East and West. He doesn't know what direction it is. Right, which, I mean, I can't really point fingers, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, which is fine, and you know everyone wants to know because, and it's a nice callback to um, how Superman is able to watch him when he's in the right. Speed Force, moving as fast as he does.
1: Well, I, I even remember their characters having a race back in the Justice League cartoon shows.
0: Uh, that was the Superman animated series. I actually just watched, watched that it. episode. Oh, okay, yeah, um, which yeah, and it's it's fun and it's a great thing, but there's no payoff to it. It's literally just them going on your market. It's like go. Yeah, and then but I mean that's that's the whole point of like hero versus hero is you don't ever get a real answer to the question because I mean again going back to Avengers you have Iron Man versus Thor and there's no real winner there because Cap intervenes and then you have Hulk versus Thor but if Hulk if Thor can take on Hulk why can't he just destroy Iron Man in his regular armor yep so it's it's one of those things that just it doesn't You'll never get a real answer because it's fun to have these kind of debates. And then the actual post-credits scene, which I think is pretty clearly directed by Zack Snyder, shows Lex Luthor having escaped prison, is on a yacht somehow. I don't know how he still has access to his money or his assets. Um, And Deathstroke shows up and Lex Luthor's like, shouldn't we have a league of our own? And it's alluding to the Injustice League or... Uh, right Legion of doom which
1: obviously like shows like for the next major movie that's who they're kind of lead to be as like the main antagonist
0: yeah they're they're going away from dark side it's a pretty clear and intentional left turn from having this intergalactic threat of dark side uh, coming in and moving them towards something more local and just they're probably trying to I think they're partially trying to do it because they want to right ship with how bad Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor was received. Mm -hmm. So they're going to try and make him more of like the Lex Luthor that people are expecting. So that's justice league in a really scattered nutshell. Um, Yep. Lots of problems. It does have some nice moments. It's definitely not as dark as other DC movies have been. It's as far as tone, it's more in the vein of wonder woman very short, very, very brisk pace. Um, yeah. I mean,
1: I, I wouldn't say it's very short, but it was very brisk. Yeah. It, in terms of how it was Personally, paced. I would say it's
0: short because by the time the credits started rolling, you pulled out your, your phone and you looked at the time and it was like, oh my God, it's only 8.25 right now. or eight, No, it was 8.12. Mm-hmm. Um, you said the movie started at like 6.23. Yep. So it's it's literally an hour and 50 minutes from the opening sequence to the end credits rolling and that was just crazy to me uh especially for a justice league movie um so in in this podcast in this show we're we're only going to have two ratings it's not going to be on a scale of one to five it's going to be must see for movies and a hard pass for pretty much anything like should you should you spend your money on this should you devote time to this and because i cannot definitively say this is a must-see movie i have to go with a hard pass yeah you can wait for streaming yep. you can wait for the dollar theater if those still exist a five dollar yeah. two. Tu- ah, bit my tongue five dollar tuesday
1: yep um like a matinee of some sort yeah it's, wait
0: for a cheaper showing yeah. i i can't definitively say you need to see this movie like this yep. is this is a movie that you will enjoy seeing um i know there's people out there that have enjoyed this immensely and i wish i could say i had the same experience
1: yeah it it i would have to go with a hard pass as well just because it's a decent action movie and it was enjoyable just on a standard like of action movies but in in terms of like it being the justice league movie like the first major justice league movie it was a little disappointing at at the least at the so, least yeah yeah
0: And I mean it's not on the same level as Batman v Superman disappointing, but it's it's just very lackluster and it it feels like they did just butcher this thing, or I shouldn't say butcher, but they they just thinned this thing down to the Justice League plot. Like they they got rid of all the fluff.
1: I was hoping for it to be so much more than what it was. And so, yeah, I just I would recommend that I mean you can probably just wait until like a matinee or just wait until like it's on streaming services or out. So you can go out and rent it from a red box or what have you. But I, I don't feel it's a must see at all.
0: Yeah. And so with justice league, we, we don't have a, a set sequel yet. There used to be a plan where justice league and justice league two were literally coming out back to back. Like it was supposed to be coming out in, i think june or november of 2018 for justice league 2 like they were going to film the movies back to back but because of the reception of batman v superman and all the stuff that happened with zack snyder's i think it was his daughter who passed away Mm -hmm. um they just that's part of the reason why they cut the cliffhanger ending is because they did not have the time or the budget or the means to film these movies back to back and obviously dc was being very um optimistic about the reception of batman v superman and the state of where the dc movie universe was going and what happened with batman v superman and what happened with suicide squad clearly they're like course correcting and trying to get back on track right i just feel like that
1: that's just gonna be a constant state of theirs though i don't think they're going to be able to get on track
0: i feel like their solo movies have kind of found a track with wonder woman But obviously that's a very small sample size because their their solo movies have been um, Man of Steel, which is fine. It's not the best interpretation of Superman ever, but it it has its moments. Uh, Then we have Batman v. Superman, which is not good. (laughs) Then you have Suicide Squad, which is very not good. Then you have Wonder Woman, which is very good. Right. And then you have Justice League, which is very meh.
1: Yeah, it's just kind of all over the place. Yeah,
0: and now our our next trip into this DC movie universe is going to be Aquaman in December 2018, and it's going to be directed by James Wan, which uh, all accounts on this movie so far have been that it's a very fun movie, and it's going to be... It should be pretty good. There's not any extensive reshoots that are scheduled right now. Uh, everything seems to be going pretty well. I believe principal photography has even finished wrapping, which means this is going to be like one of the first movies that DC has done where they haven't had to go back and do massive reshoots and then add the the post production visual effects afterward.
1: Right. Which I'm 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 looking forward to having a bit more of that character building for Aquaman because I feel like he didn't really get it at all in Justice League.
0: Yeah, he he had a couple of moments like he he had the steve trevor lasso of truth joke played on him right and then uh other than that he was basically just broke one man where he was just kind of you know muscle-bound dude who isn't going to help out because
1: yeah strongest I mean, man is strongest in, alone in the movie he just seemed very flat as a character yeah
0: and i think they just wanted to play up his badassness you know look right. at how buff Which, aquaman well, is. i mean look obviously at-
1: he has that look i mean especially since it's jason momoa but it like, as a character, he didn't have that going for him.
0: Yeah, they, they didn't really develop the character as much as they, they probably should have. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for Aquaman. I do I do like Jason Momoa's interpretation. It's very fun, very, uh, no pun intended, very fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they did mention the fact that, like, Batman asks him twice, you know, do you talk to fish? I hear you can talk to fish. Right. And then he he kind of plays it off he's like the water does the does the talking so like he's, he's able to manipulate the water to talk to the fish so the the water acts like a universal translator for them uh which was you know a very interesting way of explaining it right um and then the next movie we have after that is actually it's actually a fairly quick turnaround from aquaman to shazam in april 2019 uh which again shazam now having zachary levi and uh oh they cast the kid what the heck was it? asher angel i've never a- heard of asher him. something yeah. he's from a, a disney channel show called andy Mac. Uh, i have not watched that show so i don't know but he's a young kid so but zachary levi's in it i'm sold i'm gonna go see this movie plus yep. by 29 april 2019 and we're probably still gonna be doing this podcast hopefully it goes the same route and enjoyable, enjoyable standalone movie yeah yep. And then, obviously, we've discussed Wonder Woman, which is coming out later in 2019 in November. Cyborg standalone movie is scheduled for April 2020. Personally, I have no desire to see a standalone Cyborg movie. I don't know any of, excuse me, I don't know any of his villains. I don't know anything about him other than the fact that he's a living cyborg slash mother box sort of thing. Yeah, I didn't like the design of like his hands and his feet his hands look really weird i don't know what it like i don't know who signed off on that they
1: were very terminator ish
0: they were they were bulkier terminator hands yeah it was really weird um i (laughs) I was just gonna move on to the next one so if you have a thought on cyborg go ahead it
1: i did think it was kind of cool though that like because of because of like his conception of like being made from like one of the mother boxes essentially. Oh, I thought like, you were talking
0: about his conception of his mom and his dad. That would have been weird.
1: No. <laughs> um, it, it was kind of cool that like his body like evolves. Yeah. Like it, it, it repairs itself. It'll put itself back together. It'll upgrade itself mm-hmm. as needed. I thought that was kind of cool.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's interesting to say the least, but I don't know if the character of cyborg can carry a movie on his own. I I've always viewed cyborg more as a, a supporting character. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, I, I he's supposed to be a character that has kind of, he's willingly submitting to his loss of humanity, although he right. still has it. Uh, he just kind of is segregating himself from the world or separating himself from the world because he no longer fits in as a ninety percent robotic person. So, which I mean, I could agree with. And then, I, I mean, guess that could, we'll have to see. That could make an actual a pretty interesting character movie but at the same time it's a superhero movie so it's eventually going to break down into cyborg punching someone who is more than likely just going to be another cyborg or robot person who knows only dc knows and i'm sure they don't know either (laughs) and then uh july 24th of 2020 is green lantern Corps. we know very little about this uh, all we know is that there's going to be more than one Green Lantern. Hopefully it'll be Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart and a bunch of other green, alien mm-hmm. Green Lanterns. DC better up the budget on this one. The, the only real big problem I have with this is that David Goyer is behind the the screenwriting, uh, the story, and he's a, a heavy producer on this. Uh, David Goyer is the guy who uh, he had a, a small hand in The Dark Knight, which obviously is a great comic book movie right just a great movie in general Uh, but then they kind of gave him the full reins on man of steel to co-write that with Zack snyder and then i think he also had a bigger hand in writing uh the dark knight rises and those have not been good he also did blade trinity which was also not good so i don't know why warner brothers keeps giving him work because his work is very subpar they he just he must be sleeping with the right people as far as i'm concerned (laughs) Uh, after that they've they've just kind of announced a bunch of other movies but they have nothing really nothing slated. They have Batgirl which will be directed and written by Joss Whedon. There's supposed to be the Batman coming with Jeff Johns um writing a story with Matt Reeves and Ben Affleck coming back as mm, Batman. That's actually still on the fence from the last bit that I read. The last I read, he's he's on board, but it's, it's a fluctuating and it's a day-to-day thing. So we'll see what actually happens. There's a Flashpoint movie coming out, which, depending on how Justice League actually does, may or may not happen because if Justice League performs well in the box office, I think they'll push Flashpoint back because they're not going to want to change much other than maybe Ben Affleck. Which just makes me wonder like, who then they they would go with. I feel like if they do a Flashpoint, they have to course correct and make Batman younger. Just because starting this universe with an old Batman makes no sense. Because Batman has to be one of your cornerstone pieces. Yep. You, Your cornerstone pieces are Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman. And starting with an old Batman makes no sense. Right. And it's just weird, though, in my opinion, because are they going to have a Nightwing They have announced a Nightwing movie. Uh, They've also announced Justice League Dark. They've announced Gotham City Sirens, which is going to be directed by the Suicide Squad director, David Ayer. Um, But Nightwing already has a director and a screenwriter attached. Um, The director is Chris McKay. I'm not too familiar with his work. And then there's a bunch of just untitled uh, announcement movies as well. But none of these have any dates. There's Suicide Squad 2. Uh, which is they did get Gavin O'Connor to come in and direct this. I believe he was the guy who did The Raid and The Raid 2, if I remember correctly. Um, There's a Black Adam movie starring The Rock. There's a Deadshot movie as almost a Deadpool. (laughs) Um, Deadshot movie starring Joe Manganiello uh, as Deathstroke, uh, directed by Gareth Evans. There's Harley Quinn and the Joker. There's a Justice League sequel. There's apparently a Lobo movie. And then they still have to do Man of Steel 2. (sighs) <sighs> there are so many things coming out with the DC universe, but they have no real, they have no real vision for this. They just know they want to make these movies, and they just announce them, and they yep. they aren't trying to connect them, but they want to bring it all together for Justice League. And it's just, right. it's a giant cluster of nonsense. At least, at least they're consistent with their inconsistency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well um, i mean unless there's more you you want to talk about or you want to mention uh those are all my talking points and the, the the dc universe the the state of the dc universe is we'll see what happens with justice league because if justice league performs well and they make like quadruple their 300 million dollar budget they we will probably see more of the same but if they i think i think justice league has to break a billion dollars and at this point, uh, they're not even projected to break hundred million in opening weekend, which is ridiculous for a Justice League movie. Yeah, I yep. think DC has the more popular characters. Uh, you know, everyone knows Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Seeing them on screen together yep. should be amazing. And, and I think I, I didn't feel that. No, there there wasn't that real sense of joy and amazement. I th- again, I think we have maybe our best modern iteration of Superman in this movie, but at the same time, it really feels forced. So, I I don't think I think Flashpoint is still on just because I don't think Justice League I think it maybe closes out at about 750 million, but I don't think it's going to make as much money because of it's not going to get the word of mouth that Wonder Woman did. And could
1: go like a couple different ways too where if it doesn't do well, then maybe they'll revise their plans and actually get their shit together for their upcoming movies or it could just mean that a lot of these are just going to be scrapped entirely.
0: Which I, I would venture to guess um, that option, the the latter. Mm-hmm. I think they'll do Flashpoint and they'll just course correct with a Flashpoint movie and reset the movie universe. Probably keep Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman and just recast everything else and just start from scratch from there. Uh, but Derek, thanks very much. Thanks so much for making the trip out here and being Glad on the to podcast be here. again. You're on Twitter, so if you feel like sharing that out, feel free. I uh, keep a very limited social media presence. <laughs> So yeah, you can you can try and find him. Uh, I follow him. If you want to stalk him a little bit, uh, that's fine by me. You can find me on Twitter at Josh underscore Scar. Scar is spelled S K A A R. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Talking Smack Pod. Smack is S M A C. Superheroes, movies, animation, comics. And you can also email your comments. Did you enjoy Justice League? Did you hate it? Are you somewhere like us, more in between? Email us your thoughts, your your uh, Even opinions. Even if you
1: disagree, please. Please do.
0: Just, you know, be nice. We're, we're only sharing our opinions. We're not trying to say this is the worst movie ever or this is the most disappointing right. movie ever. It, it was, it, for me, it fell somewhere in between. But again, with what I'm restraining my, ourselves to with the two ratings of must see or hard pass, Justice League is a hard pass because, again, I, I didn't get enough out of it to say you should go see this movie. Uh, that, that's just my opinion. You're entitled to yours. If you caught something more out of it, wonderful. That's great. But yeah, you can email us at tsmackpod at gmail.com. Again, uh, find us on Facebook and YouTube as well. Derek, thank you again very much for being on the show. Fun as always. (laughs) And roll that theme music.